Go ahead and grab your Bibles out, whatever you like to write in. Um, we could take some notes together this morning. Just feel like God can speak to you during these times that we have. Uh, you write those things down. It's important in your spiritual journey to start to write things down so you can reference them later on, things that God speaks to you. And, of course, you can pull out the Victory Church app, and there's a fill-in-the-blank version of the notes there as well uh, for you. If you don't like to take too many notes, you just like to fill in what's given. And it'll even fill in the blanks for you. I probably shouldn't tell you that, but if you like that version of notes, how many in college like the blanks filled in for you? you. Uh, you can you can pull that out and do that. We're in between series here, though. So we're coming out at the movies. Uh, and next Sunday, we'll start our Christmas series. I didn't want to do Christmas for four weeks in a row. We're just doing it for three weeks in a row. So we're going to start that next Sunday. We'll have some hot chocolate. Come on, somebody. We're going to be enjoying that. All right. All five of you who are excited about the hot chocolate. There we go. But I like to take these Sundays in between uh, the series and just focus on some core beliefs, some core values that should be a part of our Christian life. I want to talk to you how it relates to the way that we live, how it relates to what we do. So we talk about faith and hope, and we talk about these different core values that sometimes we gloss over because we feel like we know them already. Uh, And so I think these times, these in-between Sundays, are a good chance for us to kind of realign. Because especially in the season that we're in, a lot of times we get kind of offline. I don't know how how to put that any better. We get a little bit misdirected. We get a little bit reactionary. And so it's good to take these Sundays, and you maybe make it a personal discipline, to take these times of in-between and start to realign ourselves. Theme verse is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, be careful how you act. So these are difficult days. Don't be fools, be wise. So be careful how you act. Don't be fools, be wise. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. Don't act or don't live thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. So the the verse here, here's the principle for us. Every single day, you and I have opportunities. Every single day that we live, you and I have opportunities in our lives to do things for the kingdom of God. We have opportunities to make an impact. We have opportunities to be effective. We have opportunities to reach out people around us. Every day you have opportunities. But the Bible is saying that don't be a fool. And because a lot of us live our lives without uh, without a meaning or live our lives without accomplishing things that we would like to in our days. And we wonder why that happens. We live our lives without being intentional, especially around these holiday season a lot of times. We're reactionary instead of intentional. A lot of times in the holiday season, we're reacting to all the things that are around us instead of being intentional in the way that we live our lives. A lot of us end up living lives that are very thoughtless. And I don't mean that in a condemning way. I just mean that at this time, A lot of times we'll react to what others do instead of being intentional in what we're doing. And so because we don't give time to think through the decisions that we're making, we don't have the effect or the impact that we're actually called to have. We don't know what God wants us to do, and we're not living that out in our lives. And this morning is not going to be, I'm going to point fingers and I'm going to try. I want each person to be reflective in their own life. I've been that way this whole week as I've been preparing for this Sunday. Just take a chance and be honest with yourself. Take a chance. Nobody else is going to be questioning you. Nobody's going to be poking their little fingers. I can't account for your spouse. They might be, but I'm not going to be poking a little finger at you. All right. But this morning, let's just be, let's be personal. Let's be honest with ourselves. So my goal for you is we would be able to position you that you would be able to have an impact. That you'd be able to use what God has given you to have and be effective in the kingdom of God. And I want to talk to you what I feel is the most relevant thing that God has given us for this season. And that is our time. That is the time that we have. It's how we spend our lives. It's how we're spending our lives doing what God has called us to do. Because I think sometimes we need reminders in life. Because David prayed this in Psalms. He prayed, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. The reality is life passes by incredibly fast. 
And when I was a teenager in my early 20s, I would hear that over and over and over, right? When you're younger, you hear that life is fast. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. It would go in one ear out the other. I get it, right? I get it. Life is fast. But now I have kids and I realize how fast life is moving. Our oldest son, Elijah, he's six and he's already picked out what sports car he wants. And he knows exactly, you know, what he wants for Christmas and the rest of the, his life is all written down. He's got a whole list of everything that he wants. And so he's not going to get, well, I won't say that because he's listening. All right. So we just, but he's already decided, but life is going by quickly. And I was thinking this week as we head to the holidays, I'm thinking like, it's not long before they're all gone. Like they're going to be, and you know, Christmas just be my wife and I, unless we can convince them to come visit. I don't know. So I'll just get some tricks or something on that. But it just, it feels like life is speeding up. It feels like life is going faster and faster and faster. And I'm sure you've seen in your own life that that is true. Now, Hava's only two, so sometimes it feels like we have a long time, right? But it feels like life just passes us by. It feels like life is going faster and faster. Listen, everybody, you are one day closer to death. Come on, somebody. Who's happy you came to church this morning and got encouraged? Who's happy you came and got encouraged this morning? It's the reality of life that life is passing us faster and faster. And so the question this morning is, what are we doing with the life that we've been given? What are we doing with the life and the time? Because time is our most valuable, time is our most valuable non-renewable asset. Time is the most valuable. It's the only thing that God has given us that's non-renewable. A non-renewable asset. It's of all the ways God has given us to make an impact in our life, it's non-renewable. Because you can always have more energy to use your talents and your giftings. God can always give you a new idea. God can always renew and give you a new, a new thing or a new strategy or a new thing. You can always make more money. Especially in America, you can always work hard. You can always have a new idea. You can always make more money, but you can never get your time back. You can never get your time. Once it's spent, it's gone forever. So it becomes our most valuable asset because it's non-renewable. Now, the problem with that is when we think of things that we have to offer, time is usually the one thing that's under the most crunch. The one thing that's under the most pressure, we're most crunched for time. You think about when you invite people to go and do something that's fun. Or you say, well, let's go out and let's do this. Or you invite them to make an impact or to be effective or to do that or to volunteer or to serve or to spend time with other people. What's the number one response in our culture? I just don't have time. I don't have time. And I don't think it's so much that we actually don't have time. I think especially as I studied this week for this message, I think it's one of the great deceptions of our generation. And I use the word generation, not speaking about a certain age group of people, but speaking about everyone who's alive in this time period, in this generation, everyone who's alive in this span that we're covering. And in fact, I think it's one of the ways that the devil, one of the greatest ways he largely has kept this generation ineffective is in his stealing of our time and keeping us from the dream that God has for us. John 10, 10, it says that the enemy comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. So the devil's goal for your life His goal for your life is to steal something from you. And I guarantee you that time is one of those things that's being stolen. I guarantee your time is being stolen. I checked out some surveys this week. They're a little bit alarming. You know, 81% of adults in America own a smartphone. Come on, somebody. We're going to hit in places that hurt. Come on, somebody. Which is actually a little surprising to me considering the demographics that are covered in this. 81% own a smartphone. And we spend an average of one hour and 39 minutes a day consuming media on it. Which is, I think, and that's not texting or calling. That's none of that thing. This is just like social media, video content, consuming media, which I think is a little bit low, to be honest with you. But it's a little bit low. To be honest, we spent an hour and 39 minutes consuming media on it. Now, I don't know if you've used, in the last year or so, uh, Android has digital media content, right? And Apple has screen time. They, again, Google and Apple have put these usage meters on our phones now. They've thrown these things onto our phones, stuck them in. Some of you are scared to look at those things, so it tells you how you use your phone. It tells you how long you use your phone. It tells you what apps you use on your phone. It tells you how many videos you watched last week, which parts of the day. Come on, it got quiet in here. Come on, somebody. 
I, and so some of us are scared. Let's be honest. We're scared to look in there because you think, I don't want to know how I used my last week. I don't want to even see that thing. You look at it for your kids, but you won't look at your own. Come on, so I'm just going to, we're just going to, I'm going to have church all by myself up here this morning. But I got, I actually have a bone to pick with Apple about this because mine, right, music is worship. And so that should be productivity. That's not, and podcasts, I'm listening to church podcasts all the time. So I don't know. I've tried to change the categories in there, but mine just says entertainment. I don't know. It's just showing, and my, my value is wrapped up in what Apple thinks about me. So I just, I just have that. I just get aggravated with my life, but that's neither here nor there. The truth is though, you can look at these things and you can see where you spent your time. You can look at your week or your month or your day and it'll break it down for you. You see where you spent your time. And honestly, chances are we're not spending our time all that wisely. Nielsen ratings say 94% of Americans have an HD television. So that's not just TV. That's high definition television. That's a necessity. Come on, somebody. That's essential. That's what we need. So that's we spend four and a half hours a day watching shows and movies. So that's Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Somebody got Disney Plus last week. It hadn't turned off, right? You haven't even, haven't even stopped. You left it running while you came to church. You're going to get your money's worth. You're just going to keep it, keep it running. That's, that's TiVo, DVR, if that still exists, right? If that's still in your... That's four and a half hours a day we spend watching. Now, if you add in all of our tablet usage and computer usage. So that's your YouTube channels you subscribe to. That's all the different movies. That's the online things. You add all that in. We average and we expect that Americans spend an average of 11 hours per day consuming media. Come on, it's quiet up in here. That's adults, by the way. That's not, you can't pawn that off on the kids. Americans and adults spend 11 hours. Now watch this because this is staggering. If you work 40 hours a week, and most of us will do that. Most of us will work, give or take, a 40-hour week. All right. And then you're supposed to sleep seven hours a night. That's what they tell us is healthy. None of us do it. But that's what they say is healthy for us. You sleep seven hours. That's 49 hours a week. If you take care of yourself at all, that's like you brush your teeth. Right. You hopefully take showers. You uh, you prepare food. You eat that food. You do these things. Take care of yourself. That's about three hours a week a day. And so that's 21 hours. So check it out. That leaves you 58 hours left over. That's 58 hours that you have left over for everything in your life. 58 hours to read your Bible, 58 hours to spend time with your kids, 58 hours to spend with your spouse, 58 hours to work out, 58 hours to serve, to make a difference, to make an impact. You have 58 hours left over. But remember that you're spending 77 hours a week consuming media. So that leaves you with a net total of negative 19 hours in your, in your week. That you are short and you've got to take it out of something else, those 19 hours. And that's not accounting for spending time with people who matter, making a difference in the world around you. I would say that we have had our time stolen from us. We've had our time and we're under this deception and we don't even realize it. We're too scared to actually write out where it's being spent. We say, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to spend time with my kids. And I would say, oh, yes, you do. We get to the place like Job. He says, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy in them. And I believe that's the condition of our culture. That's the condition that we're living in. We live in this mentality that my busy life is just a season that I'm living in. Now, the trick is we live in that season for three or four decades. And we don't see any joy in it. And we're not actually living life. And we say, well, my life is going to change when I get that job. Or my life is going to change when I change my job. Or my life is going to change just when I get married. Or, or my life is going to change when I have kids. Or my life will change when I get rid of those kids. Right? We say, my life will change in those different seasons. And when that will impact, that will change. And that will impact the way that I'm living. And you find out that life just keeps going faster and faster and faster and faster. And you get to the end and there's nothing left. And we don't live our lives to make an impact. You never enjoyed any of it because you're always living for a season that you're not in. You're always living for tomorrow and when this happens and when that happens. And you're not actually living and making an impact today. 
And we say, well, that, that change will bring the impact that I want. But it's not true. It's a trick of the devil to keep you from having a kingdom impact. It's a trick of the devil to steal your time from you. I hold one old school preacher say it this way. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Come on, somebody. If he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And it's true for us. We fill up our lives with a bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter. And I want you to have a life that has incredible impact. It's my prayer for you every single day that you would have a life that has an impact, a kingdom impact. I want you to have that. And one day we slip from this life and we stand before our creator and he's going to evaluate us based on how we spent the time that he gave us. Now, he won't evaluate you based on anybody else, but he will evaluate you based on what he gave you. That non-renewable asset, that's our time. And I don't know about you, but when I get up there, I don't want to hear, hey, Ben, you know, you watched everything that was on Netflix and Hulu. Just awesome, awesome job. Like, I just, that's incredible. That's just, I thought when I made you, Ben, that if he could just watch TV his entire life, that would just be, that would be an incredible thing. That would be, no, I want to hear good job. Good job. Well done, faithful servant. So how do we have that happen? How do we make that happen in our lives? Four things I'm going to give you today. Number one is we have to change our mentality. Number one, if we're going to change, if we're going to change anything, if we're going to get on the right track, we're going to realign ourselves. We've got to change our mentality. Back to our theme verse. It's a different translation this time. It says, act like people with good sense and not like fools. How many like when the Bible just slaps you upside the head a couple of times, right? Some of you are saying, well, that's not very Christian. It is. It's the Bible. Come on. Come on. These are evil times. So make and read this part with me. So make every minute count. Read it again. So make every minute count. Come on, read it like you believe it. So make every minute count. Every minute counts. So how do you do that? Don't be stupid. Come on, somebody. I like this. Come on. Some of you are changing your translation this morning. Who wants this? Don't be, don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. Finding God's will for your life and pursuing it because life is brief. Finding God's will for your life and pursuing it. So stop spending time here and start investing time. You want to change your mentality. You want the quickest way that you can change your mentality is to start, stop spending time and start investing time. Because when you spend something, it's a big mentality shift you have to make. Because when you spend something, you expect to get an even exchange for what you're spending. It's what we expect, right? I'm going to spend my time, so I'm going to get something back for it that's equal to it. But when you invest something, if you're a good investor, you expect to get an exponential return on that investment. Right? So when you, when you invest something into it, so you have to stop spending time and start investing. I don't spend time reading the Bible. I invest into my relationship with God. Amen. Because I invest into the relationship I have with Him because I know it's going to be drawn on all throughout the week because I'm a father and a husband and a leader. Because I'm those things, I invest into that relationship because I need His supernatural favor. I need His hand to be on my life. And so I'm investing into that relationship. I'm not just checking a box, but I'm trying to invest into it so that I can have the favor on my life. Need an exponential outpouring of his blessing. I don't, I don't spend time with my wife just because that's what you do when you're married. You just spend some time. You're just burning time. You invest into that relationship. Invest into her as a person. I invest in that because it's for the long haul. So I'm going to invest into that relationship. You're not spending time with your kids. You're investing into them. You're letting them know that, hey, you're a world changer. Hey, God has a plan for your life. God wants to do something incredible. You're investing into them. I had a friend one time, he, he, we're just all starting to have kids and they're all kind of growing up. And he said, I just feel kind of corny when I tell them that. I just feel like I'm not real. They don't know that. Man, they're just hearing their father or their mother tell them, man, God's got plans for you. God's got things for your life. And it's true. God has a plan for you to do incredible things. God wants to use you. You're investing into them. You're investing into your kids. When you serve at Victory, you're not just spending time at church. 
You're not just killing time, spending time. When you serve here, when you're greeting at the door or you're, you're setting up the coffee or you're giving out the things or you're changing a diaper in the nursery or you're in the tech room or, or you're in the green room or whatever it is, you're serving at an event or you're doing something, you're not just spending time, you're investing time into others. Because somebody's going to show up who's far from God and they're going to make a decision for Christ. And it's going to impact generations after them. You're spending time, you're investing in them. We're investing into things that matter. Investing into things that matter. Change your mentality. I'm not spending time. I'm investing time. Change it. Number two this morning. And then you have to plan your schedule intentionally. Because once I've changed my perspective about it, then I have to be intentional in what I do. Because it's only one thing to have it up here, right? But then you begin to work it into your actions and you begin to get intentional about what you're doing. You know why? Because Proverbs 17 says, An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. So an intelligent person, so if this was written for us today, it would say an intelligent person wakes up, go back to that verse, I want to say if an intelligent person wakes up in the morning, if it was written for us, wakes up in the morning and makes a to-do list in their notes app of their phone before they open up email and Facebook and test messages and start going in every other direction and let everything, the Bible says don't do that. We start doing that in every different direction. It says a fool starts that, but a wise person decides, okay, what's going to have the greatest impact? Okay, I'm going to set the schedule. What's going to make the biggest difference in my world? What's the most important thing? Make sure we understand what is happening and the priorities that God has given us. Because here's a principle I've learned, and that is if you you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. If you don't prioritize your life, if you don't set the schedule intentionally, somebody else will. If you don't take a moment to say, this is important to us. This is important to us as a family. This is important to me. If you don't take a moment, somebody else will. Because I promise you, your school will prioritize your life. At school, you attend and you take your kids to. It will prioritize your life. They'll say, we need you to be here. We need you to do that and be here and be in three places at once. We need you. And their intentions are good, but they want to own you. They want to own you. Same with the travel team. Same with your work. Same with your church. I'll tell you what to do with your time. I got no problem. I got lots of stuff for you to do, right? I got, I got plenty of stuff. You come, come talk to me. I'll tell you everything. And it might be good. It might be good and fulfilling for you, but it might not be what God has for you in that season of your life. That's why you have to pray. The Holy Spirit has to lead you. And the Lord has to set that intention, set that schedule intentionally. It may not be what's best for your season of life. You've got to pray in the Holy Spirit because if you don't set that priority, somebody else will set it for you. They'll set it for your family. They'll set it for your kids. They'll set it for your spouse. You've got to be intentional in your schedule. Why Psalms 90 says, God, would you teach us to number our days that we can gain a heart of wisdom, that we can be wise. We want to make sure we have the right things in the right place at the right time. We've got to make sure that we're living in the right time, in the right place. To do the things God has. You've got to set your schedule. Be intentional. Here's what I tell you as I pray about it. As you begin to pray and you begin to say, okay, you begin to say, okay, God, what do you have for me? What's my, what's my schedule supposed to look like? You'll find a lot of things that are very, very important to your life. You'll find a lot of things that are very essential. And then you'll find things that are on the periphery. You'll find things that are periphery. doesn't make them bad. doesn't make them sinful. They're just not as important. And here's what I've learned. That as you begin to form this picture of what God has for you. As God has for you to live your life, you begin to form that picture out. As your vision increases, the options will decrease. It'll become easier to set the schedule. It'll become easier. As the vision of what God has for your life begins to increase, all the other options, all the other peripheral things will start to decrease. It'll be easier to see what you need to do as God gives you. It's the same thing here at Victory. We exist to bring you the gospel on Sunday mornings, to start to equip you as Christians, to begin to send you out into the world, to connect you through small groups. To begin to connect you in relationships together. And then begin to grow you intentionally where God has for you to be. That's all we do here. That's what we want to do. And as a church, that makes it easy for us then to say no to other things. 
There are a lot of other things, nothing wrong with them, nothing wrong with those things that they're doing, but we can say no to it with boldness and confidence because this is what we're called to do. We're called to equip you because at some point in your Christian walk, you go from, uh, you go from consuming to contributing. And God has a place for you to go out into the world and begin to make disciples, begin to spread the gospel. And so it's what we've been called. It's all I want to do in your life. I want to equip you to send you out into those. But we can say no to things because we have a vision of what God has for us to do. And I want the same thing for your life. I want the same thing for your family. When you have vision, all the other options start to decrease because you start to see what God has called you to do. You be intentional. Number three, once you set it, and this is the hardest part, you protect it fiercely. Once you set the schedule, once you're intentional about the way that you're living your life, you begin to protect it fiercely. You know it's easier to fill the schedule than it is to protect it? Come on, somebody. You know that's true. It's easier to fill the schedule. It's easier to say yes to everybody all around you and here to have an impact. And here's the, here's the point I want to make to you. Your impact is not limited by your lack of commitment to think. Your impact is limited by your overcommitment. Especially here in America and from the lives that we're living and just from some counselings we've done and some talking with some of you, your impact is not limited by your lack of commitment. It's limited by your overcommitment. You're giving yourself to too many things. In Proverbs 20, it says it this way, that it's a trap. It's a trap to dedicate something. It's a trap to say yes to something and only later realize, wait, how much is that going to cost me? It's a trap to say yes to everything and then only later say, wait, 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 how much time will that cost me? Or what do I need to do? How much is it going to cost me? Because the world will tell you if you're important, you can do it all and you should do it all. You should do everything. So you need to be able to be at the gym class every day of the week. And then, you know, we need you to be in your child's classroom every opportunity that you have helping the teacher. And then we also need you, though, to spend time with the Lord over here. But then we also, you know, we need you to show up at the church every time the doors are open and volunteer. But we also, you know, at work, don't miss the social parties and the evening parties. We need you to be here, here. And don't forget, you know, coach all five of your kids' sports teams at the same time. And stay safe, keep saying, and don't weigh 900 pounds. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Like... We need you in all those different ways. No, your, your overcommitment is what's keeping you from having an impact. Keeps you from being successful. We've got to remember this principle. And I love how Louis Giglio says this. He says it like this. Whenever you say yes to anything, there's less of you for something else. So make sure your yes is worth the less. Every time I say yes to something, I have to say no to something else. Or there's less of me to give to something else. Every time I say yes to anything, no matter how trivial, there's less of me to give to things that are more important. And I want that for you. I want you to live a focused life. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. We have to start being intentional about our schedule and then we need to protect it fiercely. We need to protect it because the more we say yes, the less we have to give to the things that are most important. So I'm not just going to spend my time. I'm going to invest it. And now I need to be intentional because I'm going to be accountable one day for how I spent the time. I'm going to be accountable one day. I might not be to anyone else here, but to my creator one day, I'm going to be accountable for how I spent the time he gave me. But then I've got to make sure that I spend the time with the people that matter, that I use my gifts to make a difference, that I invest into eternity, I invest into the people around me that God has sent, that we begin to use our time wisely. And then in order to do that, I've got to say no to a bunch of stuff. Nobody likes saying no. You feel like you're letting somebody down. You feel like you're not the life of the party. You feel like, it's okay not to be the life of the party. I'll just give you, I'll give you permission for that. But we've got to begin to say no to some things for God to be able to use us for his kingdom. So God has put it in our heart. And at the end of the day, if I don't feel like I'm having the impact, if I don't feel like I'm having the effectiveness, I don't feel like I'm living out the life God has called me to live, time is the great equalizer. Because we all have the same amount of time. I don't know how much you believe that, but nobody has more time than you. Everybody has the same amount of time. So I have to deal with the reality. If I'm not having the impact God has called me to have, that's on me. Because I have as much time as anybody else has in order to do that. And how am I using it? 
Am I using it effectively? I only have myself to blame. We all have the same amount of time. So how am I mismanaging the resource, the greatest resource God has placed in my life? How am I mismanaging? You've got to evaluate your own life. I told you this would be a personal thing. You've got to be honest with yourself. How am I mismanaging it? This resource that God has given me, how should I be living my life? What should I be saying no to? What should I be saying yes to? Well, the best filter, number four, as we close, in order to decide that, is we have to think eternally. We have to think eternally. We never lose sight of the eternal impact that we're supposed to have with our lives. When we begin to decide how we're living, how intentional we set the schedule, we think eternally. Can I tell you, whatever you put first in your life carries the power to bless everything else in your life. Whatever you put first carries that power to bless everything else. It's why my wife, Alyssa, and I, we put God first in our time. Because we want him to bless everything else. We put him first in our time. We put him first in our week by showing up at church. We put him first in our year by fasting and praying in January and serving him. We put him first in our lives by seeking him. We put him first in our finances. We put him first in our life. We put him first in everything we possibly can because we want him to bless everything else. We want his hand and his favor and his intent. We want his, his blessing and his presence in everything else. And so we put him first. If you put him last, he doesn't have, even have, there's no effectiveness on everything else that we have. There's nothing else that he wants to rest his hand on if he's just an afterthought in your life. But we begin to put him first. Every day we spend time. And you know what happens? I've seen this principle be true. Watch this in Proverbs. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. So many business people, so many people chasing around asking, well, how can I add more hours to my day? And Proverbs, God, reverence for God adds hours. And I've seen that in my own life. When I put God first, it adds hours to my day. When I put God first in my life, I put God first in my finances, I put God first in my relationships, I put him first in my family, I put him first in my house. It adds hours to my day. My days are more productive. Everything that I do has that favor that rests on it. And you see this in Matthew. You see why this is true. But seek first his kingdom. That's his rules. That's his lordship. That's his kingdom. That's his, his, his attitude towards us. That's everything that he has, his rules and his reign for our lives and his righteousness. So that's his lifestyle. That's his lifestyle for us. You put those things first and watch what happens. All these things. So everything that everybody else is chasing, everything that you might have been chasing this last year, everything that you've been wanting for your life, everything that you've been going after, his favor, his blessing, his anointing on your life, everything else that you've been wanting, you put him first. You put his kingdom first. It says reverence for God adds hours to your day. You say, well, I, I can't get ahead. I just, I don't know how it would take. You invest into him first. Your relationship with him comes first. And then everything else. He knows you need everything else. He'll add it to your life, but he comes first. His kingdom and his righteousness. You know what happens? You make every minute count. You begin to put his kingdom first and you make every minute count. Everything. And so you find that you're leveraged in this life, not just to be invested in things that don't matter, but to be invested in the things that can have an eternal impact. You're invested in this life. We do that and we'll truly have a difference. We'll make a difference in our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would help change our mentality. That he would change our mentality about the way that we see our time. That it wouldn't be a frivolous thing that we just throw around. It wouldn't be something that we waste. But we would be intentional about investing our time. I just want to pray that over us. But first, before we do that, there are some of you who are here today and you're far from God. And you can feel that. You say, all this other stuff isn't working out for me. I'm far from him. I walked away from him. Or I've never had a relationship with him. And you're here today and you say, I just, I can't get ahead in my life. And I'm chasing my own tail and nothing seems to work. Maybe it's time that you surrender. 
And if you feel that prodding of God on your heart, if you feel him talking to you where he's saying, maybe it's time that you surrender your life to him. You put him first. You put his kingdom first. You put his righteousness first. So if that's you today, I just want to pray with you. If you say, I want to put him first, I want to have that relationship with him. If that's you today, nobody else is looking around. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not looking to embarrass you. I just want to connect you with Jesus. And if that's you today, you say in your heart, I want to have that. I want to put him first. I want to have that relationship. Would you do me the favor? And right now, if that's you, make up your mind. Make that decision. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand wherever you are? Every head is bowed. Great job. Great job. So anybody else, you say, that's me. Pray with me. Be bold. You say, I'll make that decision. Great job. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the words to this prayer. We're going to pray it with you. We're going to pray it out loud. I can give you the words. You've got to mean it in your heart. And I promise you, if you pray it and you mean it from your heart, God will hear you and he'll save you today. So come on, church, let's pray it with them. Just say these words, dear Jesus. Today I surrender. Come and take control of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you for giving me new life. Now say these words to heaven. Say, I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm thankful for this incredible church. God, I thank you for the impact that we're already having as a church, God. I thank you, Lord, that we're already having impacts in our lives. I pray that you would help us, especially this week, to Lord, to leverage every part, to leverage every second that we have to make a difference, Lord, to make every minute count. Lord, we thank you that you're going to give us new perspective of the time that we have. You're going to give us new perspective of the world that's around us, new perspective of the people that you've surrounded us with, that we can make it count. That we can begin to make a difference. We can begin to have an impact. Lord, let us guard our schedules. Let us guard the time that you've given us that we can spend it on what matters. That we can spend it for the kingdom. God, we thank you, Lord. As we make this mentality shift, God, from spending to investing, that we begin to invest our time. We begin to sow it into the things that you have for us. And Lord, that when we meet you face to face, that we'll hear, Lord, good job, well done. That we used the time that you gave us. We made every minute count. That we sought your kingdom first. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's children said amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for what God has done today? Hey, stand up with me this morning as we end.